0: men. I don't know if anybody else came this morning needing to have their head lifted because they have been down or discouraged or depressed in some way this week, but we serve a God that puts our hand, his hand on our chin and lifts our head. And we can say hallelujah to that good news amen. I'm so grateful that you're here today. Uh, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 2. In just a moment, I encourage you to find a Bible there in front of you in the pew or uh, on your phone or however you need to access Ephesians 2. We're going to read uh, about 10 verses or so, and, and I want you to be able to follow along and, and to see those words as we uh, as we read them. I know a lot has already been said uh, to Ty specifically and about Whetstone, but we want to just mention again that we're really grateful for the work that's happening at Whetstone Boys Ranch, and we're grateful to be a part of it. And one of the reasons that we've wanted to bring somebody from Whetstone in every spring is, uh, and then we do a trip this year, it's the last weekend in July, guys, if you're uh, interested in that, July 27th through 29th, and uh, you can see Kevin Slack uh, with information about that, but that's the date, and we try to do a couple things connected to Whetstone specifically, in addition to some of our other mission partners throughout the year just to remind us and keep those things in front of us. Some of us were out at a skeet shoot out of the Sloan's yesterday and, and again want to encourage you to find Ty afterwards in the foyer and, and visit with him and meet him if nothing else. Uh, this is a busy season in the life of our church uh, with school wrapping up. There's also a lot going on here uh, at KCOC. Next Sunday Senior Sunday. It's a special day every year where we recognize and honor and celebrate our grad senior, seniors that are graduating from high school, and so I want to encourage you to make plans to be here in honor and, and uh, recognize them. That'll happen some during worship, but also during a lunch that'll take place after uh, church. Before we pr- uh, start this morning, I want to pray, and I want to invite you to stand, if you would, with me, please. Um, and what I'd like to do is uh, I want to invite people who are near Ty Lewis to, to surround him and pray for him, but also... There's going to be a crowd back there in the back because I see where Shelly is sitting. Shelly, can you just let people know where you are? Raise your hand. Shelly uh, Foster and her son Theron uh, have been, Shelly grew up here, but uh, they have been uh, back in Kaufman in this area uh, for the last year and a half or so, I guess, and um, some of you remember Shelly's story because she shared it uh, on Reflection Sunday at the beginning of this year, uh, her and uh her husband, Tim, separated, and we're going through a difficult time, and uh, so uh, the, that's the bad news. The good news is God is working, uh, bringing about resurrection. We believe God does that, right? And God has done that, and Shelly and Theron are moving back to Virginia. Uh, that's bad news for us, good news for their family, and so we're celebrating with that, with them. Theron is going to stay with Michael and Charlotte through the end of the school year and finish up in Scurry, but Shelly is leaving Tuesday, right, Shelly? Tuesday to go back to Virginia and so we want to pray over her and Theron and uh, particularly uh, Shelly and and Tim and their uh, relationship and uh, all that God will do there so if you're near them surround Shelly Theron their family Ty there's somebody likely around you that could probably be encouraged by you putting a hand on their shoulder as well so maybe if you're just not near them you can grab somebody's hand or put a hand on somebody's shoulder and let's pray as we as we start God we are grateful for family for this group of people in this room and, and others that are a part of this family that are not here this weekend uh, but we we consider family even though uh, many of us don't share any blood connection at all we know we are washed in the blood of Jesus and that bonds us deeply and so we're grateful for that and we this morning want to come as a family and we want to pray for Ty want to pray for his family his wife uh, and their four kids, and uh, we pray that you'll bless them and all the work that, God, that you're doing through Whetstone Boys Ranch to to bring about resurrection in the lives of young boys who are struggling with life uh, and struggles of all kinds. And we're grateful for the, the families that are working in, in Missouri, and we're grateful for our partnership with them. We pray you'll bless Ty as he returns home to his family to, this afternoon and that you'll keep him safe. We also, God, lift up this morning a special prayer for Shelley and her journey back to Virginia on Tuesday we're grateful to have been able to witness your resurrection power in Shelly and Tim's marriage and their relationship and the bringing back of that family together we pray you'll continue to work in that way and that you'll be with uh, Shelly and Theron as they head back uh, to Virginia both Tuesday and then at the end of the school year. Um, we love you and we're grateful uh, to Jesus who has uh, made us alive and we uh, we pray you'll Be with us this morning as we study uh, in Ephesians, that you'll give us eyes to see and ears to hear all that you want us to see and hear. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning we continue in our study of Ephesians, a study that we're calling Practicing Resurrection. And the idea of practicing resurrection is simply uh, that we want to become people that live out resurrected lives in the life that we've been given here on earth. And so I want to begin in Ephesians chapter 2 this morning, which really we have to remember as we study Ephesians that uh, it's a letter, right? So Paul is just writing away, and so a lot of times as we're studying, we're picking up in the middle of a thought uh, that's connected to the thing we studied last week. and I can't every single Sunday remind you about what we talked about last week. So A, you should be at church. B, you should go uh, B, you should go to the website and get caught up on any sermons that you might have missed and so that you can kind of study the book with us in case you're out on a Sunday. So in Ephesians chapter two, uh, beginning in verse one, uh, Paul writes these words. Expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. It is not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. There is a rather abrupt change... That takes place from the end of chapter one, to the beginning of chapter two. At the end of chapter one, Paul is talking about God's work. And that's all we talked about last week is God's work. God placed Jesus at the right hand. Uh, God placed Jesus at God's right hand. God exerted power, Paul says. Uh, when he raised Jesus from the dead, and he's still exerting that same power when he raises us from our dead. God placed all things under Jesus' feet and gave Jesus authority over everything and everyone. That's that's the end of chapter 1. And now here at the beginning of chapter 2, Paul turns his focus, we learn very early in, the, in verse 1, to you, as for you. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and you were dead in your sins. Jesus was exalted, and I just want you to think about these two things. Positions, these two locations. Jesus was exalted to the right hand of the Father, but us, we were dead. Two very different locations, right? Jesus seated at God's right hand and us dead. Paul wants us to know where we were before he tells us where we are. He wants us to know where we were before he tells us where we are because where we were is not where we are but before we can talk about where we are which we're going to talk about in just a minute we have to talk about where we were and you were dead and by dead Paul simply means that we followed the path that led us away from God and some of us followed a path and it took us off in a bit of, you know, maybe a longer journey away from God, and some of our paths maybe weren't quite as far away from God. We might, in our own minds, try to rationalize that, but it's all away from God, right? You were living a life that gave in to everything your heart and your mind wanted you to do. Sometimes we hear this language of gratifying the cravings of our flesh, and sometimes we we gratify the desires of our flesh because we need to to survive, right? Sleep, food, like these are things that, you know, safety. These are things that, that we have to do, we have to pay attention to. Our flesh tells us we need to eat, we need to eat. Our flesh tells us we need to sleep, it's probably time to sleep. If flesh tells you that it's not safe, you need to, you need to, you need to have some, there's fear that's kind of built in, hardwired into us. Those things are we 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 take care of those things. We we choose to gratify those reactions, those human things. That is not what Paul is talking about. Paul is talking about something else. We all know this, right? We all understand this idea. Paul is talking about this voice uh, that 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 attempts to convince you and convince me that it's you know pretty pretty constantly. That it is okay to constantly follow the desires of our heart, even when our spirit tells us otherwise. The voice that tells us it's okay to follow the desires of your heart. Give in to any desire that your heart wants, even when the spirit, your spirit that is at work within you, tells you otherwise. Things like you need that person. It's okay to look longer than you should at that woman. You don't have to be completely honest about that situation. This voice may say, you don't have to forgive them after all that they've done to you. You can hold a grudge. You need that grudge. You know you want that, right? You want to pursue that. It's not that big of a deal to talk about them instead of talking to them. They've done it too. Just be selfish. Take care of your own needs. No one ever needs to know this secret, this voice might say. Just keep it to yourself. It's not really that big of a deal. You don't need to share it, right? So you do. You take. You talk. You hold the grudge. You keep the secret. Did you know that there are, sadly, a number of studies that show that there is almost no difference uh, between professing Christians and non-Christians in terms of how they actually live? I don't know that I buy it completely, but I think it's at least an interesting idea, which is tragic, of course, for a number of reasons, not the least of which is that God, his plan for advancing his kingdom on earth is dependent upon people living lives that contrast the surrounding culture that they live in so that people look at those resurrected lives and they see something is different in that person's life and so what happens is we listen to this voice that tells us you know to to gratify the desires of our flesh, which are not all sexual. I think sometimes we read that and we think those are sexual desires. I think it's way beyond just that. It's it's all of those things and a whole host of others that I didn't give examples for, right? And we listen to that voice, the spirit who is at work in building this kingdom that is opposite of the kingdom of God, even when that voice is battling with the spirit of God that is at work inside of us. God brought us out of our old life and into a new life. We were dead, but now we are alive. And these verses are emphasizing this good news of this change of location, right? Verse 2 reminds us, right, that this is how we lived. We, We followed this voice. We gratified the desires of our flesh when we lived When we followed the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, we were were living under the rule of a different kingdom. Paul uses that word, I think, intentionally. This kingdom that is, you know, contrasting God's kingdom. A kingdom that Satan is building where Satan's primary purpose, primary interest is getting you and getting me to live however we want to live. Do it. Do whatever you want, anytime you want. is kind of the mantra of the kingdom that Satan is building in the world. And what Paul is saying is that this life will eventually lead to death. But there's good news. I told you we had to talk about where we were before we talk about where we are. That is where we were. And where we were is not where we are. Because of God's great love, my favorite verse probably in this section, because but because of God's great love for us. God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgression and sin. Because of God's great love, you have been made alive. You have been resurrected. We were in two very different places. We were dead, and God had placed Jesus at his right hand. But if it, was, it wasn't enough, right, for Jesus to defeat death and to be the lone victor over death. For Jesus, that wasn't enough. He wanted all of us to defeat death too. But we couldn't do it on our own. So God raised us up with Christ, is what Paul says. And I want you to notice something and I, I honestly hadn't really paid much attention to it until I started studying this more closely, but this really I think profound and beautiful in verse verse 6 and God raised us up with Christ and not only did we get raised from the dead, and God seated us with Christ in the heavenly realms in Christ, with him, with God, in Christ Jesus. He seated us with him in the heavenly realms. You have been seated in the heavenly realms because of the work of Jesus Christ on the de- and the death, his death on the cross and the fact that he conquered death and he walked out of the tomb. Now, so according to Paul, this is the way I, I receive that good news, right? What is true of Jesus is true of you. Jesus has been raised and you have been raised. Jesus has been given glory, which is what we understand is happening, right? When he's exalted to the right hand of the Father. And you have also been given glory. Resurrection defines Jesus' life. He was the person that defeated death. But he's not the only person that's defeated death because resurrection also defines your life. We no longer live... In a country of death, we live as citizens of resurrection country. And this, church, is what grace is. This is what grace is. We didn't do anything to earn this. It didn't happen because we asked for it to happen. We asked Jesus to do it. It was completely out of our control. It actually happened even before we even knew we needed it. It happened because of God. And his great love, God who is rich in mercy, made us alive. That word rich in verse 4 actually means uh, like wealthy, which I, I love, right? This idea that God has wealth of a different kind. God's bank account is full. The currency that God operates in is mercy and compassion. And he is wealthy with it. And because of this mercy and this love that Jesus that 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 God has, Jesus gifted to us all of that, right? All that happened to him happened to us. We moved from our low and our helpless state of being dead to a position of life and glory because of Jesus. God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive. Where you were is not Where you are. I want you to remember this line this week. When you are down, when you are discouraged, and maybe not this week, but maybe at some point in the future, when you are depressed, when you are doubting, when you're able to only see the negative of whatever your situation is, when you are hurting, when you are frustrated, when you are wondering when answers will come, I want you to reflect on where you were and to see that you have survived. From where you were to where you are, the fact that your heart is beating and that you are breathing the air that that God has given us, right, means that you have survived something. And that where you are...
1: I heard an old, old story, how a Savior came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary.